the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. And... We're back together for the second time in just a couple hours because uh, it's it's an it's emergency podcast season. The listeners were asking for it. News broke. Mike Leach is going to be going to Mississippi State to become the Bulldogs' next head coach, and the the listeners were like, "All right, guys, so here we go. It's time time to step up." So here we are in the uh, emergency pod studio. Barton, Tom, gentlemen, good to talk to you again. The I guess I guess I want to like there's a joyous way to go about moving forward and imagining you know what's going to happen there's a joyless very plain uh call it as it is analysis of this and I I'm down to go either way well, how how are we feeling instant reaction to Mike uh, Leach at Mississippi State Well look I think that um do you get my match- joy full and joy and joyless re- takes yeah, to this well, I I think the the natural response by by most people is joyful, you know. Right. It's, all right. Uh, here come the sound bites. Here come all the. Here come the Mike Leach sound bites and and the the air raid. And so that's going to be an approach. So have at it. Go for the joyful. I mean, the egg bowl is going to be Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. Thanksgiving night is booked for the next three to four years. Like I just, that is going to be awesome. I mean, in, you know, the, the dog urination of this year, I mean, this, this has set wild things in motion to bring us to a new egg bowl universe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think Barton and I kind of feel similar about this just based on your reaction there though. I, I think that, I mean, considering when the Moorhead decision came, how late in the game it came, and how things started with like the potential candidates that were being named for this job. And then, you know, like Joe Judge was somebody like, you know, they had like, you know, an alum, like the chosen one coming back home, possibly, even though he's an under the radar candidate, and he ends up getting the New York Giants job. And you just look at the other, like the, the names that were on the list, like, you know, a Steve Sarkeesian or Todd Grantham, that nothing that was like super exciting, but the kind of stuff you would expect to happen with a coaching search at this stage of the game. So, in to end up with Mike Leach, a coach, you know, an established head coach who's won at Power 5 programs and is a sitting head coach at a Power 5 program, to be able to pull that seems awesome on that level. I think that this clearly, as far as a name recognition or a brand recognition kind of deal, this is a tremendous upgrade for Mississippi State as far as going from Moorhead to Leach. It's just, 
Moorhead was a bad cultural fit, correct? We all agree there? Yes. Are we ins- are we sure that Mike Leach is any better of a cultural fit for Mississippi State? Not at all. Yeah, because, I mean, I know he's coached at Kentucky. I know he coached at Valdosta State in Georgia. It's not so much the region. It's just if you look at Leach's history, like in a way, Starkville, like Pullman, like Lubbock, small rural towns, kind of isolated. But there is no isolated job in the SEC where the spotlight will not be on you. There's going to be a very bright spotlight on Mike Leach that hasn't been on him before. And it could very quickly go from cute little funny anecdotes to this. What, what is this guy's deal in a hurry? But even besides that stuff, my biggest concern with Mike Leach is if you look at his stops in Texas tech and Washington state, he's never exactly been what anybody would consider a dogged recruiter. And I don't know how his approach is going to work in the SEC West, where you look at all the coaches that he's surrounded by. These are all dudes that are recruiting. These are all guys that are getting talent. And I don't know if Mike Leach could take that same kind of laid back approach to recruiting and getting talent for Mississippi State if the Bulldogs are really going to compete. And then just as far as the job itself, considering Joe Moorhead just got fired after two seasons, I tweeted the stat this year. I mean, since Leach came to Wazoo, they have led the nation in passing rate every single year. Yeah. Only one of those times was it even below 70%. Mississippi State passed the ball 39.2% of the time last year. Well, So there is going to be a clear adjustment. So will he get the time to do it? uh, I don't know. I mean, Barton, do you want to elaborate? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel I, I feel bad, like ju- like jumping in the negative end of the pool here, um, because this should be a joyous occasion. Like, like I want to first. I'm, I'm glad that you're willing to do it because my right out the gate on CBS Sports HQ, I was like, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. It's I, it's Joe Moorhead with experience, you know. Like it's whatever. Yeah. Like yeah, like. Look, there, there's the 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 positive spin on it is all like very real, like like Tom said. I mean, this is we got a we're Mississippi State. We just got a, a power five sitting head coach. We got someone that with with a ton of name recognition. We got someone that we know can score points. We got someone that has done it consistently um, over the course of his career at a level that very few have. Um, this is great. This is great, and it's it's probably an upgrade from Joe Moorhead. Um, but I, I, the, the reality, cause like, cause all you're going to hear for the most part is national media types talk about how great this hire is and maybe it is a great hire, but in addition to all the things Tom just said, which I, I agree with our concerns, including the, the, the recruiting aspect of this there there's there's two other things i think that are important too uh one is he just got done losing seven straight apple cups seven straight and he's shrugging it off with uh well what do you expect washington recruits better players than us you guys see those recruiting rankings every year they're ranked higher i figured you know, you think those rankings will make so much sense. So why, why are you surprised they're beating us? Man, 
good luck with that explanation if you lose the Egg Bowl even once. Um, that's not going to cut it. So you got it. You got Lane Kiffin next door who's going to be recruiting. Oh my gosh! Full speed. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Leach is going to kind of you know hey maybe we're going to see a new side of him. But recruiting has not been his thing to this point. And if he's getting out recruited and then beaten at the, in the Egg Bowl, there's no excuse is going to be satisfactory there. So there's that. There's also just the look. Pullman was even Pullman like he he was getting snippy with reporters in Pullman at the end of it here and I mean clearly he wanted out like he tried to get a Tennessee job two years ago and um and and he so maybe things were just running their course there a little bit but once again lose a few games to Ole Miss and see what the media response is like in freaking Starkville and then I think the, the final concern I have is, yeah, yes, he has been successful at Texas Tech and at Washington State. And I don't want to take that away from him, but he's doing it beating primarily non-top 25 teams. Like, welcome to the show now. <laughs> you are in the SEC West, saying the Pac-12 North. And I think that's why he wants the job. I think that's why he's wanted the SEC is because – People like me can't say this anymore if he wins in the SEC West. And so I'm fascinated. I'm excited. I'm glad this is happening. This is going to be fun. And I think and we're going to learn one way or the another how good this guy is. Um, because right now he's just been make the most of, of bad situations. And, uh, and he's really good at that. But this is, this, is, this is different. This is just a different deal than that. Do you think uh, Mike Leach has an expiration date? And basically at Texas Tech and Washington State, he hit yes. it? Yeah. And I, I wonder if in the fishbowl that is the SEC, if that expiration date won't be His half-life? Expediated. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, what, he was, how long was he at Texas? He was eight years. seasons at Wazoo. It was he eight. Was ten it, years at? Yeah. And that's the other thing is like, this guy's been a head coach at the Power 5 level for 18 seasons with a couple years between the two stints. We know exactly what he is. Everyone knows what's coming. He's going to have like one of his quarterbacks going to be in the top five every single year, no matter who it is, like Gardner Minshew, Anthony Gordon, doesn't matter. They're going to have one of the top passing offenses in the country. Uh, they're going to lure a couple of teams a year into a – a, just a bat you know what kind of game where it's just it's going to turn into a ping pong game and it's just you're stuck in the leech zone and then he's gonna you know threaten one good team a year but i mean like you said barton if if he can't get it done in the rivalry game at washington state then man that's he's got to find some new life in starkville and the reason that he couldn't get it done and, and like look let's be honest like it's tough you're washington state to be washington but also, the reason that you can't beat Washington consistently is because Washington recruits better players. So, you know, you is, is Lane Kiff is going to recruit better than Mike Leach. Uh, yeah, that's that is the expectation, anyways. And so, are you going to beat Ole Miss without as good of players as as Lane Kiffin has? I don't know. Consistently. That's you, you're supposed to consistently. That's that's how they they judge you in Starkville. 
also another thing to consider too is like let's look at the defensive minds that he'll be going up against in the SEC West. And now let's think back to what Jimmy Lake said after last year's Apple Cup, where he basically came out and just straight up said, without fear, because he knew, he just said, it's easy. He keeps running the same plays every single year. We don't have to adjust anything. We know what's coming. I saw somebody say thoughts and prayers to Jimmy Lake for having to prepare for the Apple Cup now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, if you take that and now you're in the SEC West, against these defenses and these coaches. I mean, I I just don't know. I, I think that it depends if Mississippi State can be content having those kind of, you know, like, a, you know, seven and six, seven and six, six and seven, and maybe once in a while getting up to eight, nine or ten wins, then this could work out really well. It, it keeps you it keeps you interesting. It keeps you relevant. But if if they want more, I think it's pretty clear that this isn't really the hire that's going to be able to do it for them. It, it, this is a, this is an experiment that I'm glad someone is embarking yes. on. Like I'm, I am pleased this is happening. I am as purveyors hopeful. of content. This will be an endless content stream. Yeah, and and I'm I'm and I'm I'm hopeful for Mississippi State's sake that it it this works. Like I got I, I hate you know I, I always kind. But ultimately, every hire is sort of great on its surface. And so you have to f- try to figure out which ones might not actually be as good as they look. And so if you, but if you really dig on this, this, I feel like this has potential to be one that's not as good. Um, but good, hey, good AD, for Mike Leach, though. Great move for good, him. Good for mm-hmm. Mike Leach. Um, the Mississippi State AD, is it James Cohen? Jay Cohen. Uh, Jay Cohen. Come, you know, he can't come home like a conquering hero with Mike Leach here, and and so that's cool. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to throw cold water on this. Um, or John Cohen, I'm sorry. John, John Cohen, sorry. Um, he comes home like a conquering hero here, and and that's all well and good. But I, I just, I don't think like just because like Mike Leach is such a brand. That doesn't necessarily mean this is a home run hire. I think that that is to be determined, and I will just like everyone else have a lot of fun as we determine whether or not this is a good hire. Yeah, I, I it's. I think a lot of the reaction is going to be, although I mean, again, it's often the case when we see it, like you were saying, a lot of the reaction to this is going to be ignoring the clear and obvious concerns, <laughs> because it's more fun to just be like, "Woo, swing your sword." Mike Leach coming to the SEC. And again, like you said, this this could work out great for Mississippi State. He could come. He might be able to revitalize the program. He might take it to places it hadn't been even under Mullen. It's just I don't think that is a likely outcome. I think this is probably going to be, you know, fourth, third place is what you're shooting for in the division. I don't like the way that he ended, you know, uh, this was the year, of course, that started with the their fat, lazy, and stupid sitting around in their apartment, start thinking about how good they are. This is a uh, a six and <clears throat> a six and six season that ended in a bowl loss to Air Force. I feel like Mike Leach's stock wasn't real high right now. No, but woo, swing your sword. I guess that all gets overlooked. So, Mike Leach. Good job, man. Got a great opportunity ahead of you. 
Tom, you said third or fourth in, in the division is a, a place to shoot for. Yeah. That is really how it, how it's measured, isn't it? Like they don't even get the, like talking about top 25 doesn't really matter. Cause they got to, they got to beat Ole Miss and they got to finish ahead of Arkansas and they've got to somehow like they, they've got to be on the level with Texas A&M, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think I, in a way, I, I think that Arkansas would have been a better hire. Mike Lease to Arkansas would have made more sense to me because at Arkansas – there isn't a there isn't that one rival. There isn't that one team you're comparing mm. yourself against, and and that way you can sort of go in these little you know you can dip up and down, and as long as you get an eight eight or nine win year every once in a while, then it doesn't really matter if you get to down drop down to a four win season here or there. Uh, you know it, you could have these sort of ups and downs because there's no distinct contrast you're you're up against. But if if Ole Miss cycles up as Wash as Mississippi State stagnates at any point. Then I, I just don't think Mike Leach is built to to just go head to head with with another program. I just don't think that's because ultimately that's going to come down to recruiting, and I don't think he's got the recruiting gene. But we'll see. Hmm. Coming up on the other side, what to expect from what Washington State does next and a few other headlines from around college football next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay. Uh, I got hit with the where where Washington State goes next. And boy, I, my mind hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> I was, uh, I was like, I was like, look, here's what I would do. I would start with people who understand the Pullman community or the Pacific Northwest because it is such a unique place. And then number two, I would maybe look at offensive minded coaches because the roster is built for an air raid. So at least you could kind of keep things going. Well, I think Alex Grinch makes some sense from being you know, the former defensive coordinator. Yeah. Current o- Oklahoma DC was the D coordinator at under Mike Leach was sort of the first D coordinator he's ever had. Almost the first D coordinator ever, period, that put together really good defenses opposite a pure air raid system. And, you know, he has a great reputation. He could go back there. I think that would that's one that makes sense. Um, you know, that, that, to me, that's, that's option, option A, option 1A. If you're Washington State, probably – 
Like you're not going Steve Sarkeesian? No. No. I mean, that would be weird. I mean, he, he knows the Apple Cup. Yeah. That'd but. be the final, like, rewriting your own history. Oh, man, those Washington days. I've put them behind me. I just, I don't think that's, that would be kind of strange, I think, for Washington State to be like, let's go for the guy who even Washington wasn't all that happy with. Yeah. Yeah, I could, like, that's, that's the thing that, that haunts Sark is the place that was his launching point program, um, not the place where it went wrong, which was at USC, but the place that launched him to USC, people that follow that program closely don't even like remember him fondly as a coach. Like they, I, he's not highly regarded as a coach there. So that that is a little bit of a red flag to me of of him his kind of higher ability. So who? I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, I think, I think Grinch is, is a is a very realistic candidate. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Is, is Graham Harrell an option? Is he too young? I mean, that's that's the next air, that's the next air raid guru. Pat Chun's the AD, correct? FAU. Yes. Ohio State mm-hmm. ties. So. Who's at Ohio State with connections at Ohio State? You know, besides Urban Meyer, obviously. Uh, Kevin Wilson? Well, I mean, yeah. wasn't also Alex? That would, yeah, Kevin Wilson's, although I don't know if it, that'd be, well, I guess Washington State would be the good kind of place for Wilson, seeing as how and why the Indiana tenure ended. Maybe you can get away. I mean, hell, DJ Durkin's getting jobs, right? Yeah. Um. So Alex Grinch did one year at Ohio State, and he's been at Oklahoma for one year. Uh, that's is it one year? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, one one and done, one and done, one and head coach. Be quite a rise for uh, for Alex Grinch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, he was yeah, he was DC, he was DC at Washington State, and he's DC at Ohio State. Well, he's really Cody. Like he was, that wasn't even really his show. It was Shiano's show, so he's like a Cody C to Shiano. It's like an underling to Shiano. So it was really just a let me get out of here, get my name up, and then uh, now he's got a year where they really showed a lot of improvement at Oklahoma defense. This wins one year. Mm. So I don't. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I guess we'll, uh, we'll we'll see as Washington State begins to uh, to move forward. There was a uh, at least one other story from around college football that I know that we wanted to uh, to get to at some point, and the. The, the circumstances began with five, former five-star offensive lineman Cade Mays adding his name to the transfer portal. Now, after shortly after he, his name was added to the transfer portal, a uh, story broke that Barton I first got light of on 24-7 Sports, which was a lawsuit from Cade Mays' father, Kevin, against both the University of Georgia and a chair company. I believe it was called Mighty Light. But these are, uh, they make chairs among the different types of chairs, folding chairs. And that's important because in December 2017, when then recruit Cade Mays was at a recruiting dinner, the club level inside of Sanford Stadium in Athens, Cade Mays' father, Kevin, 
according to court documents, tried to stand up, at which point his finger got stuck and was severed. The finger, or reportedly, according to the court documents, the finger went across the room and offensive line coach Sam Pittman, now the head coach at Arkansas, picked up the piece of the finger and it yes, was put sir. <laughs> it was put on ice. Um o lineman always doing the dirty work. Always doing the dirty work. He was taken to the hospital and while he was treated at the hospital in Athens, sadly, the finger was not able to be reattached. So Cade Mays' father is suing the chair company and the University of Georgia. Nuts. <laughs> And let's let's not forget this part is his son ended up committing to Georgia. Yeah. There is. <laughs> well, yeah. And did you did you did did you say that he's that this, his son is in the transfer portal right now? Yeah, I said that's what yeah. that's what started this yeah. whole like my yeah. awareness of this story started with Cade Mays's name is in the transfer portal. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lots of lots of lots of lots of bite off there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean the Uh, details of the court doc okay and so developments since then uh, while we're just sort of like get before we start sorting through this include a statement from the University of Georgia that seemed they they seemed to they seemed displeased that they were getting contacted for comment on this they they tried to play the like, well, we didn't leak the story. This was ongoing litigation. We we have no comment. I believe that was the the nature of it. But uh, I don't I don't think we've got any any further developments beyond that. When Tom Mars, who is the sort of high profile attorney that's that's represented a bunch of players in their attempts to get eligible, is representing Cade Mays, and he was he he's been made some public statements to the effect of. This is a really this is really low for by Georgia to release this, and um, they've they've stooped to new lows, and so he's going he's going hard at the at the Georgia program for this. Um, but I I don't even know like I mean he's this happened two years ago is the thing, so it's not like this is. I don't even know where all this stuff, how this stuff all is tied together and where the transfer comes into this and whether this is supposed to be related to the appeal or, or what. Um, oh, I had not even thought that there might be a play where the lawsuit is used as a reason for him to be immediately eligible. Oh, yeah. Oh, boo. I don't like, man, that's way less entertaining. I liked the idea that uh, his dad was just waiting to sue the moment that he left, either via transfer or the NFL, that this thing was coming down the next day. I don't see. I don't even. I don't know. I don't know. Like the because Tom Mars is is basically contending that Georgia released the lawsuit. Like maybe they're unrelated. Well, they're but they're court Georgia documents, right? To, to sort of muddy the waters a little bit for whatever Cade Mays is appeal is to get eligible immediately um so i who knows all i know is Cade mays is probably tom mars sounded very confident that he will be eligible next year and he's got a pretty good track record of when he's confident guys will be eligible they're typically eligible and 
from a football side of it, you're talking about a starting offensive lineman for Georgia, one of the best offensive lines in the country. Essentially, an interdivisional trade, not trade, but just defection, uh, where he'll be a starting offensive lineman next year for Tennessee more than likely with their two true sophomore former five stars, their Trey Smith, their returning NFL draft pick who just announced today he's coming back, and what, I guess Brandon Kennedy at center. Like All of a sudden, this, this horrible Tennessee offensive line suddenly – like, are they one of the best offensive lines in the SEC? Like, I don't know. So has he committed to Tennessee already? No, I, I haven't seen that, but that's the assumption, I guess. Um, wow. It, his, yeah. his, his dad went there. They're from East Tennessee. His brother's Cooper Mays, is a, is a, going to be a true freshman at Tennessee. Uh, I don't know whether that's just the assumption or whether that is, in fact, sort of been – there's been actual indications of that, but – I I think it's a it's a safe assumption to make. I mean, the I can't get over the detail from the court documents that Sam Pittman was the one who picked up the finger. <laughs> no. It's a nice visual. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey Sam, do you have the I, finger? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, just picture Sam Pittman just watching like a like a severed pinky skipping around the floor <laughs> as he just sort of like oh, scampers to try to grab. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the thing is, as an offensive line coach, I don't think that's the first time he's probably had to uh, pick yeah, up a severed finger. Severed, severed, severed digits before. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's very, very familiar with what needed to be done. Hey, I need a, I need a three by four cooler. You get it halfway filled with ice. <laughs> I need five gauge thread. I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, I, I feel much better laughing about the details now that I am. Uh, now that I'm informed that it, it's become all parts of a PR mess because PR messes deserve to get laughed at. <laughs> that's that's not a. Wow. So all right. So from the football standpoint, this this indicates. Now you're losing three to the NFL, potentially another to transfer. You've got Jake Fromm gone. The football side of this is that Georgia has uh, a whole lot of like just like the, the potential for going anywhere with this offense. As, as the season finished with a lot of commentary and chatter around the Bulldogs offense and ability to put points on the board, now you've got this sort of reboot moment, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they so they've they're losing three, four, four starters. Four starters on the OL, I believe. Yeah, four starters on the O line, um, and a quarterback. And look, the def- the defense will and DeAndre Swift did he announce? Mm-hmm. He did. He gone. Um. So, look, the defense is probably going to be even better. Uh, it was already really good, and they're probably going to be only better next year. But offensively, like, uh, I mean, it's Zeus. Like, you could try to just hammer Zeus at defenses, but I don't think the offensive line is good enough to count on that to be successful. Yeah, and I, I'm sure it'll still be a good offensive line. Like, let's, you know, but this was 
this was one. This was maybe the best. This was if it one. It was probably a top three offensive line, top five at the least. Yeah, like I, I feel like George has recruited well enough at that position where clearly you don't want to lose, you know, eighty percent of your line of a great offensive line and then have to replace all those guys the next year. So, but I think that that's not a huge concern to me, just because I think that they're talented enough and they're good enough, and I think Matt Luke's a good enough offensive line coach that maybe while they get off to a slower start, that unit will probably be just fine going into the season to me the bigger concern is who's going to be georgia's quarterback next year yeah so the yeah and there that's a whole different conversation jet duffy is an option from texas tech obviously there's Derek Der- king out there jamie newman is probably the best option out there um the kid from bc as well Anthony as brown option, but i i mean i'd say unless you're getting jamie newman you're, I mean, Jamie Newman's an NFL quarterback. The other guys are are potential NFL quarterbacks, are practice squad guys to start at best. Um, so there's nothing like there's nothing out there that's just unless unless they revamp their offense to for a Derek King. There's nothing out there that's just a a, a plug and play easy fix. There this is w- going to be really interesting. This is, is going to be a really interesting test for Chris. Yeah, the SEC East is looking a lot. It's it's gotten a lot more interesting in the last seventy two hours heading into twenty twenty. The uh, Jamie Newman had some interesting comments about not really wanting to be the RPO guy anymore. Did you see that? No. He was so so, so maybe he's looking for a Georgia type. Right. Offense. Yes, that was that was the point, and that he uh, it was a Bruce Feldman at the Athletic wrote a story. Uh, about Jamie Newman and Anthony Brown, the former Boston College quarterback. They are in Atlanta training together with a quarterback coach that has trained Justin Fields and uh, a few other quarterbacks recently. And the idea is for them to to work out and sort of go through the process of you know trying to decide where they're going to be. Some of they are being recruited by some of the same schools, but w- some of the comments in that story from Newman include, you know, I. Obviously, I was really productive with the RPO stuff, but I want to be able to go somewhere where I can uh, have more pro concepts. So that definitely means that if Georgia wants to stick to something pro style and Jamie Newman wants to prove to NFL teams that he's not just an RPO guy, then um, that could be something that works out for both. Can, can I just like this unsolicited advice to – High school players, college players wanting to go to the NFL. Like, look, I, this is just what I would tell my son. Like, go where you're going to be successful, regardless of the system, and then dare and then dare the NFL to pick you apart. Dare the NFL to to say, well, it's because of the system. You'll you'll take that right as opposed to going somewhere where you're not as successful, but the but you got got a good experience and under center or whatever and that's not meant to be like some guys are maybe jamie newman feels like he's a better fit in a georgia type offense than he was in a pro style maybe he thinks he'll he'll be more productive in that type of offense than he was in a rpo um but i think like the idea of leaving some system that i'm wildly successful in for one where it looks more like an nfl scheme is that that strikes me as a bad idea. Just go where you go where you can put up big numbers. 
and then and then dare someone to say the numbers are are, are stilted. Mm. Like, uh, I mean, could you argue like it just is? Did Jalen Hurts improve his draft position this year? That's a good question. I don't know. Like, I'm not. I I felt like going into the season, like, oh, this makes so much sense for him to improve. And then it's like he had a really good year numbers wise, but it's just it's like if he'd have been, you know, if he'd have stayed at Alabama, clearly he wouldn't have played as much. But it's just it's like I I don't know if he's really improved his draft stock all that much by going to you know an offense that's led by you know the guy that all the NFL teams want to talk to. So there is like. Are, are we starting to poke holes in the idea of this like uh, graduate transfer to boost the NFL stock? It's a business decision. We're treating it like a job, you know, graduate school, prep school, whatever you want to call it. Like just this sort of halfway step on the way to the NFL. Are we? No. See, see here's my thing. Like, so I meant, so with Jamie Newman, I don't get like I don't wouldn't understand him saying tally ho to Wake Forest. I'm going to go to Georgia and learn these pro concepts and get me more prepared for the NFL. It would make a lot more sense for me just stay at Wake Forest and put up silly numbers in that system and then go to the NFL and learn. But on the flip side is what I could very well see if I'm Jamie Newman is I'm at Wake Forest. What's the best we can do? go be lambs to the slaughter to Clemson next year. Like it sounds kind of fun to go somewhere where I can be a, a replacement for an NFL starter and go compete for a national championship that, that I could get behind that. I could understand. Let's go to Georgia. I might not put as quite up the numbers I did at wake because it's different scheme, different, different system, different expectations, you know, different style, but I'm going to be playing on the biggest stage and my name, because of the, the stage I'll be playing on, will be elevated, and my draft stock will follow. And that's probably—I that I mean, get. that's probably part of it. Like, I don't want Jamie Newman to be mis- misrepresented here. I just thought it was an interesting quote for him to identify that at Wake Forest, the offense was based on a lot of RPO principles, and he kind of feels like he would—he was looking for an opportunity to check another box. These box checking transfers, just trying yes. to. Trying to get there. You know what it's like? It's like joining all the extra clubs in high school just to get your college uh, admission stuff looking good. I I think going back to your question about like grad transferring and if it's not, you know, the smartest or I I think that it's just from what we've seen is that something maybe it's it's no sure thing. Like it might seem good, but there are possible downsides. So it's like don't just do it with the thought, well, I got to do this and it's going to work because like you might just be better where you are. Then you will. I mean, like if Gardner Minshew had transferred to Alabama, he's not in the NFL right now. So, but instead, he ended up at Wazoo, and now he's you know might be the starting quarterback of the Jaguars going into next season. So that's somebody you could say, hey, the grad transfer out worked really well for him. Mm. Uh good stuff. Two podcasts in one day. Look at that. I'm gonna go back to sleep now. Hey, <laughs> look at us. You know, <laughs> look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> he is Barton Simmons. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. He is Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the emergency pod. Congratulations to Mike Leach on your new gig. Thank you very much. Thank you.
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.